Ben Jawathi coming in with the dog. So girls will love him. What's going on, man? This is my sister. Her name is Bobby uh, or Barbara, if you want to pronounce it long. She's named after my grandmother. And uh, she's amazing. She's a little sheltie. And for everyone listening and not watching, just picture the most adorable, fluffy little sheltie dog. Uh, and if you hear any yelps and yips later in this episode, it is most definitely from her barking at literally anything that moves. So this is Bobby, and now she's leaving. <laughs> Bobby is very cute. Where, where are you in Baltimore? Yeah, I'm, in, I'm back home in Maryland, um, hanging out with my parents and brothers for Fourth of July. So, yeah, it's been great. Uh, I, my biggest highlight from the day, uh, really of the year or honestly of my life, is I was holding my little niece today. She's one month old. I was holding her, you know, like this. And she, she had her first smile. And it was looking at me while I was holding her. <laughs> yeah. So There you go. First I'm, smile I'm sure, ever. It was great. I'm sure everyone's told you it was likely gas, but we'll count it. It counts either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good day. How's everyone else's fourth going? Uh, mine has been exhausting because I'd get up and do an early morning workout with our guests, uh, Marty Pajic, who's my coach at Crooked River uh, CrossFit, and uh, they kicked my ass today. So I'm a little exhausted, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. We did that track today and uh, had a good turnout. It's never a start Beautiful. of a good workout is a track. <laughs> and it was it was bright and sunny we did laredo have you ever done laredo before no what is that oh it's terrible it's hero wide it's six rounds uh 400 meter run it actually starts though with body weight movement so it's um 24 air squats 24 push-ups 24 walking lunges and then a 400 meter run six times and okay. you know which like on paper it's like oh that's not so bad you know but by, you know, by round two, the lunges are already starting to add up and making the run difficult. And by round three or four, it's getting really difficult. And it was hot. And I've done it before. So, like, I came out hot unintentionally slash intentionally. John and, was the first one out for the run. Let's let's state that. Really. I, I won the 100-meter race. I totally won the 100-meter race. And, yep. well, look, I, uh, it's bodyweight movements. Like, bodyweight movements aren't that hard. And they're they don't tax you on the first round. So I'm like, all right, well, I want to get out and run because I feel like my running's okay these days. And, uh, and then I did. And so I'm out there running and I'm like, you ever get one of those Ben where you like look over your shoulder and you're like, shit, I should not be in first right now. Like this is not where I wanted to be. It's not where I wanted to be. And sure as the world, like the two guys I knew would pass me, pass me at about the hundred meter mark. And then, not, you know, I never caught them again. And so then your goal is, even after you've come out too hot, he's like, well, I can't lose this spot. Now I'm in third. I have to stay in third. And that's what made it so hard because I wasn't like fighting the clock as much as I was fighting, not letting anybody catch me. And I'd kind of overexerted on the first couple of rounds. And it was, it was not fun, but, yeah. but it was fun all at the same time. If that makes sense. Yeah. I've definitely yeah. had that happen before. Where like when I, when I run, um, I specifically remember a workout with a guest that we'll have to have on in the future. He's a master's athlete. His name's Eric Hinman, and uh, I remember doing a workout that had it had 800 meter runs amongst a whole bunch of other stuff. And the first run, I was like hanging with him, but the pace that we were like the whole like I was just hanging with him because naturally he was kind of like the pace setter. I was like, oh, I'll just hang with Eric. You know, he's he's older. I'll be able to hang with him. Um, get back from that first run, and I was like, this is surely when he's going to start slowing down, and he never ever took the pedal or put the took the foot off the pedal and it was it was a horrible horrible crumbling on my part and he just <laughs> he just kept crushing me it was like rounds of 60 unbroken wall balls three of them and he just knocked it out and i was just like are you kidding me anyway so that's the worst i felt that before marty how did it how did it feel for you you're out there doing it with us oh I mean, man i'm sure you've done it before no i actually have never done that workout before never uh no um I am not a good runner. Like that is my, by far my biggest weakness. Um, funny story, actually. This was like seven years ago. Um, a buddy of mine and I did the Granite Games when it was like open, um, yeah. RX open or whatever. You can just yeah. do the qualifier and then just sign up and do like, you know, it was like male, male teams at the time. 
and uh you know they're slowly releasing the workouts after you know we um signed up for it or whatever and one of the workouts was a 5k and believe it or not i had never done a 5k leading up to this competition (laughs) and keep in mind when I've, i've played sports growing up and every time we did running stuff i was never good at that stuff like distance conditioning all that stuff i was never that guy i was always the athletics stronger type you know that was what i was good at but anyways we were doing really well in this competition and uh you know, they're releasing these workouts and it wasn't enough time to train for a 5k. It was a couple weeks out, you know? So of course we did a couple running workouts, but nothing much. And, um, this 5k comes up and keep in mind, there's like 60 teams in this RX division and we were doing really well. I think we were in the top 10 and going into that event and my partner knew I was bad at running. So he's like, I'm just going to haul ass, you know? And he ends up running this in like 18 and a half minutes, this 5k. And believe it or not, I I was pushing 30 minutes on this. I was like in the bottom half of this 5K. (laughs) And part of the problem was for me too, not only am I a bad runner, but... um, You're also a bad speed walker, clearly. Yeah. So (laughs) what what I ended up doing was I was doing like sprints and rest, sprint, rest, (laughs) like, because my back like locked up, like, Mm. because the first, like... 800 meters to a mile was all uphill and running uphill definitely locks my back up on top of running long distance in general typically locks my back up and I'm not good at running. So all these things, I'm just like, Oh man. And he was just biting his tongue the rest of the weekend because we dropped several places. We ended up like scooting back up after the next couple workouts, but it was a terrible thing. I ended up getting a running coach after that. I was super depressed about it. <laughs> and uh, there's like actual trauma that exists. Oh, like, it was terrible. And he was it. he was cracking jokes like that week. And I'm like, yeah. too soon, dude. Too soon. <laughs> dude, it's but, it's uh, no fun when the lower back locks up. I've had that. Oh, yeah, that's like been an Achilles heel for a couple, you know, open workouts uh, and and like longer runs too for me. Like there there was a time being where my low back would just would lock up something awful. So any sort of like deadlift box jump combination. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then that yeah, run, workouts with longer running, man, I would just, it would get so hard to just do anything really like function. Yeah. As soon as it locks up, back. you're just like, Oh man, yeah. <laughs> we're ready to go from here. So yeah. here's the funny thing. When I uh, started at Kirkwood over the first weekend I was there, Ben, I, uh, I come in and they were doing this partner workout. It was a Saturday. And it had a lot of running in it. And I forget what all it had in it, but it had a lot of running. And Marty's like, hey, do you have a, you know, a partner? I'm like, no. He's like, I'll partner with you. I'm not a good runner. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You're a coach. Then you're being nice, right? And then we go do the workout. And workout went pretty well. And I think if I remember right, we finished second, like, amongst the groups. And we didn't run super hard, but it was kind of a hard workout. And I think we ran, like, appropriate. So, like, I left that going, all right, well, you know. He was being very nice and like kind of pulled back on his running. Well, today we're working out and I don't know what round we were in, but I show up next to Marty and he's got his fucking shoes off. And I'm like, this is a running wide. You're not wearing shoes. I'm like, maybe he wasn't kidding. Like maybe it's not, maybe it's not a real thing. How long did you run with your shoes off today? So I ran three rounds with the shoes on and I just got some new fresh nobles and uh, like the side of my foot was hurting and I've actually been running on my air runner um, without shoes. Um, cause I've heard like, you know, Froning's done it yeah, before yeah. he does it all the time in his training. It's just good for his feet or whatever. And like one day I just went out into the garage and I, you know, jumped on the runner without shoes on. I'm like, Oh, this kind of feels good. So we were on a track. So I was like, this, this can't be that bad. It's kind of soft, you know, and actually it was really comfortable to run without really? shoes on, on a track. So it wasn't too I, hot. I mean, it was a, you know, no, black, black no I mean, I had socks on, but no, you know, yeah. So oh, I, was, I, I wasn't sure the, when I got next to you and your shoes were off, I'm like, is he taking those off in between rounds? Like, I'm going to kill his transition time, you know, if you're yeah. taking them off and putting them back no, on. No, I just kept them off. I just kept them off. Wow. That's a boss move. I had, I couldn't do it, even on the soft track. I got to gotta have my big cushiony shoes, <laughs> to say the least. Well, I wanted to uh, spend some time talking about programming. I, I Ben, I don't refresh my memory. It's probably a couple episodes I was um, talking about the programming that you guys do or that you do yep. and how it uh, really applies to master's athletes, you know, how I really like it and think it's 
um, you know, very applicable to how I was already kind of viewing my training. But why don't I just start with like probably the easiest question of all is like when you're, when you're approaching programming for the gym, are you, how are you approaching it? Are you thinking about masters and scales athletes? Are you thinking about the best person in the gym, which is what I often hear about people, you know, when they're programming, like kind of what's your strategy to put together a week's worth of workouts for us? Yeah. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> Wherever you want, man. <laughs> so programming in general, I like to, to say is um, it's organized chaos, right? Like to the average person looking at it, you're like, oh, you're just slapping this stuff together. But in my opinion, it's I, I love doing it, but I'm also like super OCD about it. So <laughs> it, sometimes it takes me way too long to do it. Um, but I just I like the attention to detail. I like the the way the workout is written in terms of how the reps are. I don't know if you've noticed that, but, um, you know, it just has to kind of make sense in a way. Um, but how do I approach a week's worth of workout? So first of all, if you kind of just go based off of, um, what CrossFit teaches. So in the level two certification, they, they go over their programming some which I agree, some which I don't, but they gave us this chart and I don't, Ben, I don't know if you have your level two or not, but, um, you know, in, in CrossFit programming, they talk about, um, you know, task priority versus time priority for quality, um, heavy days, you know, and then all your different time domains, sub five minutes, five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 plus. And then looking at, <clears throat> you know, single modality couplets, triplets, chippers, or four or more exercises or whatever. And then how much volume you're doing, low volume, high volume, medium volume, and then um, your modalities. So your gymnastic movements, your weightlifting movements, your amount of structural, and then mixing in the variety in the workouts inside of those modalities as well. So basically I took somewhat of their chart and I kind of made my own version of it in like a spreadsheet. And so every once in a while I'll go through and check off all these boxes. And then you can see where the holes are in, you know, in the programming, right? So, you know, we haven't done a sub five minute workout in a while, or we haven't done a single modality workout in a while, or we haven't done this movement in a while. So it's just kind of getting everything. And again, we're programming for the average person, right? Like a typical gym goer, right? someone who just wants to get in, get fit, sweat, have a good time. And that's GPP, general physical preparedness, right? So that's kind of the outside 10,000 foot view approach to looking at it. Um, and then a lot of it, like for what typically how I start is like, I, I handwrite my programming. I don't know why it's just, it's easy to edit. Um, uh, and I actually use it on my iPad too, so I can easily move stuff around and do all that good stuff. But basically I'm mapping out um, the full week or two ahead of time. And then I'm just, basically I have a whole kind of other note that I'm just, anytime I like a workout or I like that, I'm gonna write that down. And so I just have this kind of library of different styles and uh, intensities and intent and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, we haven't done something like this in a while. And I eventually get this in the program and that kind of thing. So I usually start with that and then I'll start kind of fitting it in where it fits best in our week. And then typically the way that I program our week, we do um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday um, is when our classes are. Thursdays are open gym or kind of uh, active recovery days. And then Friday, Saturday, um, we do some more class uh, classes. And then Sunday is another open gym active recovery day. So um, typically I try to keep Tuesdays um, and Saturdays kind of our longer days. And also we do partner workouts on Saturday. So I always keep those things in mind. Now it's not always the case, but typically that's our structure. And then if we're in a strength program, we usually do that at Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if those are already in place, I'm putting those down first. And then a lot of the workouts are based off the strength, right? So typically if you're seeing clean and jerks in the strength, you might see clean and jerks in the workout of the day. 
Um, if you're seeing some sort of squatting, you'll probably see some squatting in the workout of the day. So that's kind of the general idea. And then in terms of dif difficulty, right? Like CrossFit talks about, you know, it's infinitely scalable, which I completely agree. So at our gym, we do RX plus RX kind of, um, uh, levels and, you know, usually that RX plus, I want it to be like the top 5% of our members. And then RX, I want that good chunk of top 20% or more. Um, and so that's typically where I'm figuring out the difficulty of the movements, um, the volume, uh, the weights, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I'm looking at from that perspective. And then again, it kind of goes back to this chart, like, you know, everything should have an intent. And that's something I, I like to do as well is figure out what's the purpose of this workout? How long should it be? You know, how should it feel? Is it going to be more endurance based? Is it going to be more um, muscle endurance based? That kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot to it. Um, but I've been doing it for such a long time. And I used to suck at it and hopefully just try to better myself every time we do it. And, you know, the other thing is you get kind of feedback from the members, how it feels. You're doing the same workouts as well. So, you know, you're kind of going with the flow in a way and you just kind of get better at it over time. And so, yeah, yeah. That's don't don't ask the feedback for me. Cause I'll just tell you everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, um, in terms of like, kind of program for the best scale for the rest. You know, that's what mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of, I think that's what CrossFit teaches. I'm it's yeah. been, I think 12 years since I had my level two. So it's been a, it's been a minute since I've had yeah. um, their, their actual teachings. But um, it seems like, is that kind of what you're doing? Because you said RX, like RX. So doing it as prescribed is for that top 20% ish. And then yeah. obviously there's a certain portion that's, you know, RX plus, but it seems like you're still kind of programming for the best, maybe not like the apex, but you're kind of like, Hey, a, a solid chunk, the upper 20th percentile of the gym uh, will be able to hit this as prescribed. Is that kind of what you do? Exactly. Yeah. So obviously I know my members pretty well. So a lot of times when I'm programming, I'm thinking about, certain people and okay this is probably too easy for some people so let's let's bump up a level and make this rx plus you know so for example if if only a very small percentage of us can do muscle ups i'm not going to put that as rx unless it's like a benchmark of course but you know so i don't want everyone to have to scale because a lot of times you hear people complain because you know a part of this too is like we're running a gym we're providing a service or providing a product and you want the members to like be, oh, they enjoy, to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very important. Well, hey, that's, that's debatable though. Yeah. People, people argue about this all the time. And I'm on your camp here, Marty, that people are always, uh, or I've come across gyms that are like, this isn't meant to be fun. This is meant to get you fit. And we program to the fittest element and you have to rise to the challenge. And that pisses me off to no end. <laughs> I'm there, with you like, some gyms, some gyms certainly have that. Like I remember in North Carolina, the first gyms that I went to, there were like some gyms, there were some CrossFit boxes that were very much like, we're here for fun and we're going to like, we're going to get in and get a great workout and have a good time and leave. And then there was a contingent that was maybe, you know, somewhere in the middle. And then there was this other gym. I'm not going to name specific gyms. So there's this other gym where like, almost everyone there was like on steroids, like, like they were like super freaking competitive. And they were kind of that, that mindset where it's just like, we're not doing this for fun. We're doing this because this is life, you know, like there was all about uh, competition. So, I, I mean, I understand why people debate it. And I understand the, the idea of like program for the best scale for the rest. Um, and it makes sense for some people, but I always come back to, I know John, you and I've talked about this a bunch in the podcast. The best kind of fitness for anyone is the kind that's makes them want to come back for more. And generally speaking, the stuff that's going to make people want to come back is stuff that they're like, Oh man, that was tough, <laughs> but it was fun. You know, I could actually do it. And when you start getting those reactions, that's when 
that's when people are going to start showing up again. Um, totally. If you're, tr- if you're trying to run a super competitive gym, it's a, it's a different vibe and you're c- attracting a different membership base. But if you're trying to go out and, you know, I was literally just at a 4th of July party and people were talking about fitness and, you know, like I didn't even, I didn't say CrossFit. Like I didn't even mention it. But they're like, oh, I just, you know, I'm trying to get in shape. What do you suggest? Don't say CrossFit. You know, like I've already tried that. It's way too difficult. You know, like they've already put, put it in this case of just like that is so hardcore and there's yeah. no way i'm ever going to do that when really i just want to be like hey i have multiple relatives over the age of 60 that go to crossfit all the time and because they go to a gym that scales it down appropriately to their level uh, and it's completely changed their lives but you can't say that when someone already has this preconceived notion 100 I do think something that's really interesting about you, Marty, that I want you to expand on a little bit is the fact that you're programming for your specific athletes that are members. Like I think most gyms these days, you know, when they say, all right, I'm programming to the best, they aren't even programming to the best member in their gym. They're just taking statistics from beyond the whiteboard or from the open and saying, all right, this is the best. So here's what we're programming to. And so I think it's a really interesting concept to say, this is my, these are the people that pay me that I want to come back and have fun and build a community around them and program to those guys specifically. Like how'd that come about for you? Is that, has that always been your mindset or is this something that you've learned over the years? No, that goes right back to, you know, what Ben was saying was program for the best scale for the rest. Right. Um, you have to know your members, you have to know your membership base. Um, so that's really where it stems from. <clears throat> so, you know, you also don't want to hold those people back. You know what I mean? Like, um, th- there's this kind of thing, and Ben, you were talking about this a little bit, like, or do you want to be that competitive gym or do you want to be that like kind of all encompassing gym? And in my opinion, what percentage of overall CrossFitters are like, I want to be competitive. I want to go to the CrossFit games or whatever, right? It's a small percentage and not saying you can't have those members at your gym because they need GPP too. Right. So, and they can inspire a lot of the other members too. hundred percent. There's so many of those, of those GPP members that like, they see the, they see the apex and they know how far away they are from it, but they're like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I agree with you there. It doesn't have to be completely removed. And, and, to kind of jump around, but like what I love about CrossFit is when you are literally like my mom goes to my gym and, you know, she's in her sixties and she's lost 60 plus pounds doing it. And it's unbelievable when you get to work out next to her and you guys are doing the same workout with the same stimulus, yet she's obviously scaling to her level and I'm doing it at my level or whatever. But at the end of the workout, we both feel pretty much the same so that that's what i think is so cool about it and at the end of the workout you're high five and you know you're doing that kind of stuff and that's what i think is awesome so you know and i think everybody understands that right and something we just started doing in the last year and and john you've commented on this before but we started incorporating the intent in our description of the of the workout um because we want everyone to understand and be on the same page when it comes to this is how this workout should feel. This is the purpose of this. It's supposed to be long. It's supposed to be higher volume or whatever. And then here's some goals in mind too. Like here's a stretch goal for those, you know, super fit people. And then here's your kind of average goal. And then here's a time cap. So we're, we're fitting the time domain that we're looking for in the programming as well. Yeah, I love I actually love that um, for many reasons. I think um, I've said for one thing, I think you guys are probably unintentionally teaching people, but I've I've been very um, deliberate about over the years is like I really believe CrossFit is real at its core is simply just good math, like understanding how long each round should take or how long each set of reps should take and where your maxes are and being able to set percentages based off of that. And I think you guys are teaching that by giving people this, you know, here's what the stimulus should be and here's how long it should take you at a, at the fastest you could possibly move. Here's how long it should take you if you're moving at a moderate pace and here's your time cap. (laughs) Here's where you have to stop. And I think that's often where, uh, you know, masters athletes and, and, you know, scaled athletes really struggle is knowing, um, 
you know, they can't decide should I RX or shouldn't I, because they don't really know what the stimulus should be. And I love the clarity of being able to go in and look at it. And it really makes like, as a member makes it really easy for me walking into the gym, say, all right, I already know what I'm doing today. You know, I know whether I should or shouldn't RX, you know, right. Not to mention, I don't have to pester the coaches, which I'm. <laughs> we encourage that though sometimes. Well, I Mar- said that until you get pestered. <laughs> Marty, do you guys pre-write scaled options? Yeah. Do you, do you have like you know like scaled level one, scaled level two, scaled level three, masters? Like, do you pre-write those? Uh, so in terms of that, we don't always do that. Um, but we do have like a hierarchy of scaled options for the movement. So what we'll do at the bottom of the intent is put, you know, muscle up and then, you know, next option will be burpee chest to bar just to kind of get that push pull or whatever. And then, you know, burpee pull up, burpee jumping pull up, you know what I mean? So it's like scaled down and you're kind of finding what's the best option for you to match the intent of the workout. Um, that is one thing I wish we use Wattify. I wish Wattify could have more options to like preset like a button to click. I think that would be super cool because then we could have level one, level two, whatever. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I would like another, at least one more level that we could incorporate. Um, yeah. You know, because I think that's, there's something to say about the whiteboard and it's like a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um for, for the gym, I think it's a great community builder, um, but there's that negative side of the rep shavers and the the people just trying to get the top of leaderboard and RX sure. and when they shouldn't RX and stuff like that. But yeah, um, but there's something to say about you know doing a workout where everyone's at the same level. You know, you talk about like a 2K row, everyone's RXing a workout and they're hitting the blue button, right? So right. Um, it's something to say about that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. The, I think the, the gym that I go to a bunch in Denver, I think they use Zen planner and yeah, they have like these pre basically like pre-written versions of scaling. And obviously you can scale as much as you want and change different variations and stuff like that. But it is cool that like, you know, they have this, this basically RX plus they have RX and then they have a scaled version. Then they have like another scaled version. That's like more foundations level. And it's cool because like, even if you have to scale, it's, I can scale and still um, compare to the other benchmarks or compare myself to the other people around me that also are scaling rather than like, Oh, she did 65 pounds. She did 60 pounds and I did, you know, 72. And, you know, it's just like all this randomness. So it kind of standardizes the, the scaling. I think it can be pretty valuable. Yeah. Now that can be challenging too, because take a workout like filthy 50 or 10 exercises, like putting together four different levels of, you know what I mean? Like filthy 50, for example, yeah. it'd be difficult, but, um, so that's where, you know, our scaling system that we put at the bottom kind of helps because people can pick out the perfect workout for them. They, right. They can modify like, oh, pieces well, of it. Yeah. I want to get in this level. So I'm going to do this movement, even though I should be doing this one, you know right. what I mean? Like, yep. so, for sure. I, I think the interesting part about having an RX workout and then an RX plus though accomplishes kind of what you're talking about here is like, it would be nice, I think, for others to have four levels that they could choose from. But I think having the RX, like it, it's all, it has felt to me early on. And again, I've only been there a couple of weeks that this RX plus is what most gyms would consider RX because they're programming to the elite, not to guys like me that are just like the average paying member you know and so it is easier again just my opinion to scale off of that kind of i hate to call it a lower rx but like you can look at it and say all right you know i you you have four weights i guess is my point you know you've got the the rx weight and the women's weight and then you get this rx plus so you do have kind of multiple options and i don't feel like i see a lot of people um looking for third and fourth options i don't know maybe it's just because you guys are a, a well-established you know over a decade old gym where people have figured it out over time but uh, you know it seems like people are able to go to the whiteboard they ask their questions they do ask questions by the way and uh, <laughs> you know, and they get good answers and then they go back out and they figure out what they're going to do 
you know, and I don't see a lot of people like really worried about, you know, they got to come up with some unique scale that they're, you know, that's a stress point. Yeah. I think that's a super valuable piece as a, as a coaching staff in a gym, I guess, is to have that knowledge of how to help those skilled athletes pick the right movement for the intent of the workout. And that could be because it's physically too hard for them, or it could be because they're dealing with an injury or something like that. So how can we mimic this stimulus if you have this shoulder issue, you know what I mean? And still get a good workout that was meant for that specific workout, if that makes do, sense. Do you guys keep an eye out for scaled athletes? Like in a word, I mean, as a coaching staff, do you guys talk about this? Like, Hey, here's the workout this week. Got to watch out for Joe Bob. He should scale this and we know he's not going to, so you need to go encourage him. Like, do you guys have to do that at all? And there's no Joe Bob there, by the way. It's a <laughs> petition name. No, yeah, no Joe Bob. ready for Joe Bob to come in the chat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. CrossFit Alabama. Sorry. You know, we, uh, we use Slack. Um, if you guys are familiar with that, it's like a yep. chat uh, feature. So we have a, you know, a category that talks about, um, member injuries more specifically, but we do have some conversations sometimes um, saying, oh, this person um, needs help in this area or whatever, or they're this close to this movement and it would be nice to nudge them along. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Right. Um, so just natural communication between the coaches, which I think is super important because, you know, if you have a coach that only coaches once a week, it's nice to go into a class knowing more information about the athletes in the class. So um, that's something we do a pretty good job of is, is communicating that kind of stuff with, with our coaches. So now I'm worried my name's going to come up in the Slack chat. <laughs> Only good thing so far. <laughs> yeah. John's not squatting below parallel. So I go watch that asshole. That's what and you know what, to comment on that too, it really depends on the person because that's a sticky topic too, is like the people that, the people that truly care and are coachable, like we love those people, but it's the people that like, and if they don't care and they just want to come in and be, have social hour and sweat a little bit, that's fine too. But it's the people that are trying to get higher on the leaderboard and, you know, shortening the range of motion or shaving reps, those kind of things. So that's the, comes with a little bit of frustration, but that comes with the territory. I mean, I guarantee you that's at every single gym that you go to. Um, and sometimes you just have to, you don't want to lose a member over something like that. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that stuff does come up, but that's an issue. Try not to stress over it too much. This has become such a topic lately within the CrossFit world of no reps and, you know, virtuosity and, and, you know, you know, great movement when you see it, you don't even have to ask. And I don't disagree with any of that for the record. Like, you know, I've, you know, Ben and I are both OGs. You're an OG. We've been around for a long time. Like when I first started, that was, you know, kind of the CrossFit mantra was, you know, the normal workout, just the everyday training, you were getting no rep. And, and, you know, I yeah. understand the mindset, but I also understand this mindset that, you know, as a coach running a gym, you got people that are paying to sweat and have fun and to not get shouted out in the middle of a workout, right. workout and you want them to do it the right way. How do you balance that is the question. Like, how do you balance the, Hey, you want your members to have good movement. You want it to be the right movement but you also don't want it to become this nagging pain in their ass where they hate coming in because they know they're going to get yelled at. Yeah. I'm definitely not a fan of that. Like, you know, it, it's one thing if you know the person and you're kind of just, you know, busting their balls kind of thing, like, Hey, sure. you need to get lower in your squat or right. no rep kind of yelling. Across. That's like joking. But if it's like a serious thing, like at the end of the day, like they're there to, you know, you've probably heard this before. You're trying to provide the best hour of the day. Right. So right. you yelling at them in the middle of a workout when they're trying to have the best hour of the day, maybe they just had a completely terrible day. They're stressed out, whatever. They're just there to have fun for that hour and relieve some stress. And you're sitting there no repping them because they're at parallel and not just below parallel. You know what I mean? So yep. there's definitely a balance there. Um, but to those people that are coachable, it's an easy cue. You just walk by and say, just a little lower, just a little lower. And you're kind of just like nudging them. And it's kind of, kind of like a funny, like, you know, and then they kind of laugh and they're like, okay, cool. Um, or the other thing is if it's something different, you can go up to them after class and say, Hey, you know, I noticed you're doing X, Y, and Z. You know, if you just did this, 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 and this, that might help you out. And your next time doing it like, okay, cool. You know, 
So I'm a big fan of that. So you're not like stopping them mid-workout unless it's a safety thing, of course. But, you know, you're not stopping them mid-workout and saying, stop what you're doing. It's just a seven-minute workout and you're spending a minute with them trying to show them how to do something. But um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how we handle that for the most part. I think it it definitely – it really hinges on the coaches and whoever's coaching their – familiarity with the athletes, right? Because there's this wide spectrum of people in any given CrossFit gym. It's the person, you know, there's some people in there who you should just be celebrating that they made it into the gym. And if they move, they're, yes, awesome. You know, like, um, I mean, I've like even, uh, you know, my aunt, when she first came to the gym, I mean, that was, it was just like, you, yes. It was a quarter squat, but it's a squat, and you bet your ass it counts. You know, like, and like, there's people who just just need to be in there doing something. And I agree, no repping is the least of your concerns. It, it's 100%. more of making sure that they're moving safely and that they're going to come back the next day or in a couple of days. And then you have like this, you know, a large middle contingent where it's like hit or miss. It's like, oop, they're not necessarily having their best day, so. Maybe they just kind of need a proverbial slap on the butt, not a physical one, John. Um, a proverbial <laughs> slap on the butt. Hey, I'm, um, I'm going to slap you on the butt in Madison just for that comment alone. And That's then, and they get some encouragement and like, yeah, it, depending on on where they're at that day, maybe they need some tough love or maybe they don't need tough love and they just need to be cheered on. And then there is like, yes, kind of what you mentioned early on, Marty, is like, there is this contingent of, of people in every class and at every gym that are, they are there and they are trying to win and they are trying to like, they're, they're competing. They're trying to elevate their status and they're like, they're trying to, to play a game and they make it a sport. Uh, and those are people I am absolutely relentless with. Like, like I, like if you're there to compete and try to, like, if you're there to try to beat someone else, then you better be beating them the right way or else, you know, like I'll call you out on it. And it, yeah. and, but that all depends on, on like, there's no way that you can do that without knowing your members. Um, and, and I have seen, and I was, I was probably guilty of it, you know, early on where like, I thought someone needed the, the tough love, like no rep, like more of like, I'm a coach coaching an athlete, not uh, a fitness instructor with a member kind of thing. Um, and there's been times where I made that mistake, but it didn't take me too long to realize that, oh, not everyone needs the athlete level, hardcore yeah. Mamba mentality coaching. Some people just need some encouragement and to make sure that their form is decent so that they don't get hurt. Uh, but it's very nuanced and it takes a really good coach, I think, to, to know the difference. Yeah, that's a skill. Like you have to know your audience, right? Like you have to treat members deliver it the best way for them, not like how you would do it. It's not like drill sergeant every time. And some people respond well to that, mm-hmm. but some people need that, like, you know, cuddling kind of thing, you know? Um, and sometimes you can trick those people without being too aggressive. Like if you just had that conversation, like, look, I know you want to get better at CrossFit, you know, you should try doing X, Y, and Z and kind of spin it a different way. So you're not directly saying, no, you cheated in this workout, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, there, there's different ways to go about it, but it's, yeah. it's not, it's never an easy conversation to have, you know, Marty, have you ever had any, and I'm, and John, this is a question for you as well. Have you guys oh. ever been a part of a workout or a, um, or a gym where there was like a blatant cheater that just straight up needed to get like called out? Cause I have a good, I have a really good story about oh, that. I wanna, <laughs> I need, so many times, but I want to hear from Marty first. <laughs> And feel free to shout out names of people that are currently. Uh, I can't do that. That would be fine. That would be totally fine. Yeah, it's kind of like the behind closed doors conversation when you're talking about (laughs) specific people, Um, Mm -hmm. especially if it becomes an issue where other people are noticing it too, and then they're like getting upset about it. Then right, because it can mess up the dynamic, not of just you and that person, but also like other people in the gym will start getting upset about it. You know what? And CrossFit is such a mental sport, right? So like mentally if you know someone else that's working out next to you that's like at a similar level is not doing something to standard or cheating like it almost deflates you a little way right so you have to get good at like staying in your lane not worrying Mm -hmm. about them kind of thing um but yeah 
there's always, always someone that's, that's either a little bad or super bad that um, needs to be addressed. And it's, it's interesting to hear their excuses when you do have that conversation with them too. You know, <laughs> you ever, stand, you ever stand over by someone that, you know, is a blatant cheater and count or have you ever? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's um, my number one toolbox. So yeah, I don't necessarily. Anyone listening who's a member of this gym, if he's standing next to you saying one, two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we actually, well, for one, uh, I don't make it obvious. <laughs> I pretend like I'm not looking at them, but I can see. Them. <laughs> um, that's one thing. And then, you know, sometimes there's cameras too. We have cameras, so we can yeah. always double check if, if yeah. we need to. That's so. good. I had, to, we had a, what, I forget what the workout was. What was the workout last week? It was uh, the one with the snatches. It was 15 snatches, 90 double unders, 15 burpee pull-ups and, another 90 double unders and then 15 more snatches and the snatches were at 135. So this was not a super easy workout. And, uh, I got, I got to the burpee section and I lost, I legit lost count. It's only 15 and I legit lost count. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to do an extra rep. Like, I'm not going to do 13. If I, if anything, I'm going to do 17, you know, cause it's like, I'm not, com- I'm not competing, I'm not trying to compete, but I also don't want any, I don't want you guys to review a video and go, Wooly's over there only doing 15 <laughs> reps and he should be doing 15 and then putting my score on the leaderboard. Like I'm beating people when I'm not, you know, it's like neurotic about this stuff. You know, and that's one thing. If you're, if you miss a rep or two here and there, it's, it's when you miss half the reps that becomes, <laughs> becomes yeah. an issue, but <laughs> you miss a rep or two. It's like, okay, you're, you can easily just miscount it, especially like a burpee pull up where it's like a bigger movement. And it's not like you're counting one, yeah. two, three. It's like, this is one you know. of your members. Ken, Ken, uh, Kim came in and doesn't want me to stand next to him during that work anymore. Cause we made eye contact and apparently it's creepy to make eye contact with people <laughs> during, during a workout. You just can't yeah. do that. Awkward gym moments. <laughs> Yeah, well, you you're, you know, you know what I'm talking about when you're squatting across from somebody and you're like looking at each other, like oh it, yeah, it's a weird moment. And he that's was the one. It. Yeah, he was killing it, and I was not. And uh, <laughs> I don't think you wanted me looking at him. But that's that's fine. the one reason I don't like those center rigs is because you're literally facing each other when you're trying to max out or something, <laughs> and you're like trying to stay in the, the opposing squat racks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ben, Ben, what's your cheater story? I want to hear your cheater story. Oh, man. So this was uh, when I first was starting to get pretty competitive. I was in college. There was a group of people at North Carolina State that were, like, starting to do CrossFit. And a few of us joined the local gym, and we were all trying to basically compete on the team because the the team CrossFit uh, Raleigh at the time was, like, really competitive. And Christmas Abbott, who was the head coach, she was like, she was like one of the famous CrossFitters at the time. And I remember I just, I came into a workout and you know, this, this guy was there. Um, his name was Nick. I'll just say his first name. His name yeah. is Nick. Nick. And Nick was there and we were actually on the bass fishing team together. Um, so like we were teammates in a different respect too. And I remember like him kind of like letting me know how good he was at CrossFit. I was like, all right, man, like, I guess he's really good at CrossFit. Like, shit. Like, I hope I can hang because I was kind of like one of the up-and-comers in the gym. And I was kind of like, I don't want this guy coming in and crushing me. And we hit this, like, pretty gnarly workout. And I remember, like, we were kind of going rep for rep, and I was next to him. And then we got on the jump rope and did double-unders. And I tripped a couple times, but, like, he got off, like, way before me. And he tripped a couple times, too. And I was like, man, all right, interesting. And I just remember – Every, we did this workout like it was like three different rounds and there was hang there was like heavy hang power queens there was double unders there was something out there's wall balls and then every single time he would get off that piece of equipment so much earlier than me i was just like this is impossible like there's no there's no way because we're mess we have the same like speed of our reps um other than the double unders like i know that our rep counts should be roughly the same but he just kept passing me and he ended up like lapping me or something like that so i turned to christmas and i she i could tell she was like kind of like what's going on over here you know sort of like oh this guy's crushing ben and that doesn't seem like wow ben you suck or you know or nick's really really good and he and she kind of came over and i just kind of gave her a look and i was just like i was just like 
I put my hands up and I was like, I don't know. And I just kind of kept my head down and I didn't get frustrated about it. <laughs> Christmas comes over and stands by him. And he like, he drops his jump rope and like goes to the next round. And he, she just goes, Nick, how many double unders do you think you just did? And he's like, Oh, it was like 60 or something per round. I kid you not. He had done 15. <laughs> Fifteen. Uh, I love it like, so it much. It wasn't even close. It was like Marty. To your point, like when you're like, "Hey, yeah, if you miss like a couple reps, by all means, like that's not rep shaving, in my opinion." It, well, yeah. if, if you know you're doing it, yeah, I would say that's a new form of of egotism, but and it's pretty yeah. low. If you right. know you're shaving, leaving one in the tank, you know that's stupid, and and you shouldn't do it. But like, there's one thing to do that. Like that's one level of like, just what's the point? It's you know narcissism, egotism, whatever. But to go from like 60 and shave it down to 15, and apparently it wasn't just for that set. She had counted all of the previous sets prior <laughs> to that, and it was and it was less than 50% of the reps were completed. So it's not like he didn't know how to count double unders. It was like he didn't know how to count, and he was an engineer. <laughs> and you know what? It, he never sometimes it's so obvious, too. Like It was crazy. Let, let's just say you start a workout. And it's, you know, 15 wall balls and everybody's doing it unbroken. And all of a sudden one ball drops good 10 seconds before yeah. everybody else. It's That's, like, hello, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Crazy. So, um, the, And this, when he was, it, he was kind of like caught red handed in Christmas. If you guys know her or don't know her, just put it to you this way. She's, she's not, uh, she won't bring it to you softly. Um, <laughs> and I mean, he just kind of like, he kind of turned red and didn't really say anything. And I think that's the workout ended up finishing up. And he basically just like, I never saw him again at the gym. Cause I think Christmas was like, if you're going to come here, don't do that shit. Like not if you're, cause you're not going to be on my team. And that's what she was saying. Like, you're not going to be on our team representing my gym. If, that's the level that you're going to play at. Cause again, like one or two reps and you happen to miscount whatever, but like purposefully shaving over 50% of the reps is like, Whoa, dude, that's kind of weird. That's like that one guy in the open that just looped his video over and over and over again. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, that's- do, do you remember the year the guy was doing double unders? He didn't actually have a rope. Yeah. Remember that? He yeah. is like literally jumping with the handles only, pretending. Oh my like god! I would love to see that video. I don't so know. I, it's not out there anymore. I remember that vividly, though. I was like, oh, it's it's yeah, amazing we, what people will do to to like try to like. Actually, my brother was talking about this the other day, um, where someone caught someone trying to turn in a world record white-tailed deer. And all they had done was like they brought in this deer and they had actually surgically implanted uh, like antlers on the deer's head that they brought. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh, the amount of premeditation yeah. that goes into to status cheating. It's kind of crazy. So anyway. So we yeah. had a we had a member a long time ago. Um, this guy came from another gym. And. uh we did Barbara and Barbara is like a ton of reps. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like it's, it's or refresh my memory. I think I know what it is, but refresh my memory. What's Barbara? It's, it's four. So it's, it, it's five rounds. Five rounds. Yes. It is. 20 pull-ups, 30 push-ups, 40 sit-ups, 50 air squats. Yep. And then you rest three minutes between rounds. Yep. So it's a long, that rest a lot is of so volume. Brutal. The yeah, rest. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. So ton of reps, right? Um, this guy did like just about half, like just about half. And um, my business partner is one that would literally took a whiteboard out after the first round was like, wait a minute, this is a little weird. And he just started secretly like writing down each set. And he went up to him after the workout and showed him the whiteboard. And was like, this is how many reps you did. This is how much total reps there was supposed to be. And he was just like, okay, guy never showed up again. This yeah. guy signed up for a year membership too. And we tried reaching out to him and saying, hey, are you coming back soon, blah, blah, blah. He just never came back. <laughs> it's a shame. He got caught red-handed. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, so I don't understand it. I always worry. Like, I'm just – I'm kind of neurotic about it. Like, I always worry is my range of motion enough. Like, even today, like, it's a lot of push-ups. And I'm sure there were plenty that were too shallow. 
you know, just yeah. like, it happens over time. It's a great you area know. movement. Oh, but I thought like, Marty was like, yeah, you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, like I try to get chest all the way to the deck. Like I, yeah. you know, you try to, but you know, you just like what, what you think your movement is and what your movement actually is are, are unintentionally often two different things. Like I, you've done it. I'm sure we've all done it. Like you video a squat, you know, like I've got a gym here in my basement and I'm like, God, I feel good today. I'm squatting well. And then you go video and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what yeah. the hell is happening? Why am I not getting below parallel when it feels like I'm below parallel? You know? And, you know, that's also why you need to be careful with, like, no repping people. Because they might not know. You know, sometimes oh, it feels yeah, like you're low sure. enough and you're not, you know. Yeah, I've, so. I literally had a coach um, just, uh, I mean, less than a week ago at a, at a gym that I uh, was trying out in the Denver area. And she was demoing, uh, I think it was squats. I think it was the front squats that we were doing in the workout. She's like, all right, and you do this, and you, you squat. Make sure your hip crease is below the parallel. And she's like doing it all. And she's like not even close to below parallel. And I wanted to be like, hey, like, <laughs> but I didn't. But it's just one of those things that like as a coach, I mean, it's even us as coaches sometimes don't 100%. realize how – what our movement looks like. So that's something to be very cognizant of. Here's a question coming in. Let's take a couple of questions, but I think Great it's relevant question. to the discussions. Here's one from Heidi it says, what tips do you have to be coachable? What characteristics do you see in a coachable athlete? Uh, they ask questions. That's probably the biggest thing. I've seen people in the back of the room and they're asking the person next to them a question and I could see it. And I'll go right up to them like, you got a question? <laughs> um, and they're usually very coachable. They're just like nervous to ask questions. It's the people that give you a hard time and you give them feedback or they always have a, like a rebuttal. Like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, you know. And they kind of like brush you off kind of thing. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't, if you know everything, I'm just going to stand back over here, you know. You're saying those <laughs> um, are the hard ones to coach, right? Or yeah, the ones that, yeah. That, they always like, oh, yeah, 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 no. yeah, 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 I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. This, I have this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the reason I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. It's like you know, and it's like okay. Well, I'm just trying to help you here. Just take my <laughs> advice and leave it. You know. So you are paying to be here, and yeah. I'm the one that's supposed to be coaching hey, you. It's hard. It's hard to rein in. I I make a concerted effort to be coachable because mm -hmm. I struggle to take feedback. I'm I'm being as honest as I can. Like yeah. I'm not the kind of guy that just loves for people to come over and go, Hey, that squat looks like shit. Willie. like, I, I don't love that. I don't love it. You know, like, and it's hard to believe, but I have an ego, Ben, hard to believe. I know you're, you just cannot believe it. So I, like, I am, I make a concerted effort to, to be coachable, but it's hard for a lot of people to check that ego at the door. You know, it really is it's hard for me. I think another so we have one attribute is they ask questions. Um, and then I, like even beyond just like asking questions, it's like athletes who are really curious. Like, let's say if, if I'm telling John to do something like John, I really want you to focus on keeping your chest proud at the bottom of the blah, 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 blah at the bottom of the front squat, like keep your chest proud. Some athletes would be like, okay, coach. And they, you know, they, they act like they're listening, but they don't actually do anything. They might be trying. It's hard to tell sometimes. But it's the athletes who literally are like, okay, coach, you know, like, how about now? And they, they will ask you if they are doing it the way that you were trying to teach them. And I love that when, when like, there's, there's someone who's being coached and they're extra curious to try to soak up more or, or even going as far as, like, Hey, like, why, like, why is it important that I keep my elbows up in the front squat? Why is it important to keep my chest up? It's like the toddler that's asking why, just because they want to learn everything. And I think a really good coach will be able to explain it to them. And then everyone's better off because now people have learned that athletes learned uh, and they're demonstrating that they're not just like nodding and saying, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then just letting it go in one ear and out the other. They're actually trying to say, Hmm, I wonder why I'm supposed to do it this way. And now I wonder, am I doing it the way that he or she wants me to do it? So I think that like that extra layer of curiosity is one of the things that I look for the most. Yeah. And Ben, to your point too, usually those people, if you give them a cue, they'll do their next set or whatever of front squats and they'll say, is that better? And they'll go up to you. Did you see that? Was that better? That, you know, that that's the curious that you're talking yes. about. Yeah. 
Love that. It melts my heart. You mentioned something And then you're like, earlier. no, it wasn't better, but good job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad they asked about it. It was an effort. <laughs> you, you mentioned something earlier, Marty, and it's something I think you guys do well uh, or that your coaches do well uh, to encourage uh, this, you know, kind of this mindset of being more coachable, which is waiting until the workout is over and then asking permission to coach. I that happened like on one of the first days I was there, James came up to me, James kicked mass in the workout today, by the way. And, um, <laughs> but he came up to me and goes, Hey, I saw something in your pull-ups. Would you mind if I showed you, which I thought was like a really cool way to do it, you know, as opposed to saying, Hey, you're, you're, pull-ups are broken let me show you something like you're kind of leading with a negative which is opposed to going hey i saw something i think could help you would you mind and i'm like sure go ahead and ever since then whenever i'm doing pull-ups like it's in my mind like it's stuck in my head now of i gotta focus on what he showed me you know i've been doing pull-ups for a decade you know and i think i'm pretty good at them for whatever that's worth but now i'm like man i gotta fix this and like so now i'm addressing it and i feel like it's made me you know, better at taking that kind of feedback because I know it's actually helpful. It isn't somebody just going, Hey, your pull-ups suck, John, you gotta fix this, you know? So big kudos to James, even though it'd be, yeah, there, there's so many attributes to like a good coach. And a lot of it mm -hmm. is deliverability, you know, like, and how you're cueing and how you're going about it and how you're treating your members. There's just so much to it that you know, it takes a lot to be a good coach other than just knowing CrossFit in general. It's, it's how you actually deliver the message so they understand. Giving that one good cue like he probably gave you and then it sticks in your mind every time you do pull-ups. Um, it's invaluable. So hey, here's a fun question. I think it's fun because this is a problem for everyone. Any tips on how to not lose track of reps? <laughs> um, I have some good tips for this, actually, even though I don't normally apply them. <laughs> I guess it depends. <laughs> um, a whiteboard's always good, you know? Um, that's kind of an easy answer. I'll tell you what my favorite trick is, is to get chips and use all the same color chips with the exception of the rounds I want to know where I'm at. Meaning I, will, I, do, I have two strategies. If I know it's a long workout and it's going to be well, let's just say it's 10 rounds and I want to know where I am every third round. Then every third chip is white. Every other chip is red. That way I don't have to think about it. When I see a white chip, I know I've gone three. Right. Or if I, you know, if you guys say to me, Hey, your stretch goal here is eight. Then I make my eighth chip white, <laughs> you know, then I know where I'm at. So when I flip seven and I see whites coming up, I got to start moving, you know, like that works for me. And then I love a little whiteboard. Just write your reps and literally just wipe them off with your finger. Like, who cares? Just mark them off and go. Like, that's kind of my all-time favorite trick. Yeah. I think, Crystal, like, one thing is is you have to practice either counting up or counting down. Uh, for whatever reason, some people can just keep track way better in one direction. Like, for me, I got to count up. I can't count down. And then for some, actually, a lot of people, it blows my mind. They're like, oh, I have to count down. I'm not counting down I'll, you know, I can't figure it out or I can't keep track. So I think it's maybe a mental do that. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is, is like, if you're trying to be like John Woolley and have like a super duper strategy for every workout um, with color coded chips and stuff like that, <laughs> it's you, could, important. you could also, important. you could also like, if you have a rough idea of the sets you're going to do for each round, Right. Like, um, for instance, let's say it's a set of 50 of something and you're like, I'm going to do five sets of 10 or some variation of that. You no longer really have to count all the way to 50. All you have to do is count to 10 and be like, all right, that was one. Count to 10. That was two. Count to 10. That was three. And that's for higher rep schemes. My small brain can can handle that sometimes. Yeah, that kind of piggyback off of that point. Um, a fun tip I like to do with something like burpees, for example is if it's a high rep, 50 plus, 100, whatever, and it's just standard old burpees, you do five or 10, and then you rotate. And then you're only counting to 10, you know what I mean? Instead of having to count all the way to 100 or however many reps it is. Um, or, like you said, get out a whiteboard, let's say it's Karen, where it's 150 wall balls, you're writing out 
10 reps at a time or whatever. And even if you hit a set of 20 or whatever, you can just wipe off with your finger, you know, the reps yep. you've already done. Yeah. So you're not just yep. blatantly counting and then <laughs> your brain goes to shit. And you're like, was I at 74 or 54? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, And then oh, you're like, it was probably no. 90. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, ah, it's probably at 84. <laughs> and then you We're get gonna... caught on camera and then... And then you get you get stood by by Marty. He's gonna stand by you. <laughs> Work up like Karen. I need someone counting for me. Yeah, always. Like when it's one movement for a high rep scheme like that, I need somebody keeping count. Like I, I don't even want to bend down and wipe off the board. I need somebody to tell me where I'm at. I tell you what else I hate those when the open comes around and somebody else is counting my double unders because they don't count. Oh, they always miss them. Oh. Yeah, well, they it's always a hard. It's a hard thing. Well, and when you're counting your own, I mean, let's be honest, most people. I want to say most people, I mean me, you count your very first one as a rep, even though it didn't go under twice, you know, like, come on, that's the rule. Hits front of your feet, it would have gone under, that counts too. You know, they're double unders. Like, That's know. always what's funny, though, is when someone finishes their set of double unders when they mess up. Like, they yeah. land on the rope, they don't finish the rep, and then they just put their jump rope down. It's like, well, if you were doing that rep, obviously you need to complete it. Before. Maybe they do an extra for good luck. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like to throw the rope as far as possible because it <laughs> from where it landed under my feet. You're like, oh, it must have been good. He threw the rope. It must have been good. That must have been a victory throw. Yeah, exactly. Listen, we're, we're butting up against time, but I, I have the most important question, Marty. You've been a new dad now for just a few weeks. What major life lessons have you learned in your, your three weeks of being a dad? Oh, Congratulations, man. by the way. Thank you very much. It's uh, definitely a life changer. It's awesome. Um, it's just time management at this point. Um, luckily, I do have a gym in my garage. So if, if I can't make it to the gym for some reason, which is crazy because I have two gyms. So but I'm trying to eliminate all excuses by having a gym in my garage. So <laughs> um, but it's time management. It's trying to plan ahead and, and communicating with the wife and figuring out schedules and stuff like that. That's probably the biggest thing. It's just, you know working around your current schedule and making sure you're still getting your workouts in. So. That actually is really important. You must be a fantastic salesperson. You own two gyms. You have one downtown, one out here on the east side, and then somehow talk your wife into a gym at home. That's the best, dude. <laughs> That's really impressive. Yep, yep. But she or, likes it too. She works from home and sometimes she can't make it to a specific time. If she gets caught in a meeting or whatever, so she could just jump out into the garage and knock out a workout. So I was she's, saying I... Too, so. It was probably just like, oh my gosh, like I meant to ship this to the gym. We need more <laughs> equipment, but it shipped here. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the strategy I would use. Look, here's yeah. here's the dad advice I will give you. Uh, go get some crispy white New Balances. Got to have those. <laughs> uh, you yep. need a pair of tongs for the grill because mm -hmm. dads that aren't clicking tongs aren't real dads. That's important. Um, and but it's a true story. Kids have no, they just think you're brilliant. And I mean, flipping brilliant until they turn about 10. And so don't worry about screwing anything up. My daughters who are here right now, they would, they'll come down and tell you this. They thought I was like the smartest man alive until they caught me Googling their homework in fifth grade. That's when, <laughs> that's when the wheels came off. That's yeah. when it just fell apart. So I'm telling you, you got, you got a decade before this one figures out anything about you other than you're perfect. So enjoy it, man. So, I appreciate so, the advice. The best time ever, for sure. Yeah, it's fun so far. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us. and Yeah, it was awesome. Chatting a little bit about programming and Masters Athletes. I think it's always valuable for people to hear what others are doing and, and learn from that. So so thank you. And yeah, thanks for continuing to kick my ass week after week. It's good anytime, stuff. Anytime. Anytime. Any feedback, let me know. But until then, we'll keep All kicking right. your ass. All right. <laughs> Ben, you getting geared up for the games, man? You getting excited? I'm getting excited. We are, yeah, about a month out, one month. I got my media pass yesterday. Oh, snap. I wonder if I did. I applied for it. Did I you? Probably didn't. I probably didn't get it. Better check your email. Where did it come from? Um, CrossFit.com. It's a little I company. Know. I don't know if you've heard of them. But... Dude, I don't even know how to do email. See, <laughs> Gmail's not even working. I don't, I don't know how to do it. You have an assistant. She'll pull it for you. Yeah, but, she uh, hasn't told me yet, so who knows? 
I was shocked when I got it. I, I, I'm not going to lie. After I blew up their open workout this year, I feel bad even saying this. Like when I spoiled their open workout, I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm getting a media pass. <laughs> no chance. They have, they're going to flag me. I'm blackballed for all of eternity. I'm definitely going to jump on your back. Like to cut the line, I'm just going to jump on your back and you'll just have to carry me in. Dude, this is not like Wadapalooza. They don't give a shit who I am. Like Wadapalooza, like I know those people and those are friends. So like getting you in and saying, oh, we're together, like that wasn't hard. The games doesn't care. Those dudes are hardcore. Like you got to get in early. So you better check, make sure you got it. Well, like, actually, actually the I don't know if you remember, John, but like when I met you the very, very first time we met, it was uh, was at the at CrossFit Games, and we were backstage getting our media passes. Mm-hmm. So long ago, we were just both little babies. We were little babies, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, hey man, nice to meet you. Yeah, we should talk sometime. I'm like, okay, and that was it. But that was the beginning of our budding relationship. I know. Look at us now, an old married couple. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it gonna be a fun week so for everyone that listens if you guys listen look for ben and i we'll be roaming around there we're gonna have a party at some point right isn't there a party going on i think so i think it's it's normally friday night so i, I don't right. know i gotta i gotta plug back into the world but I, i'm pretty sure we're gonna have a, a, a wad prep slash obviously make wads great again slash scale and bail we'll use our scale and bail millions to yes. fund the party um yeah it'll be great well, if anybody wants to come to the Scale and Bell party, that's what we'll call it now. Uh, hit me up in the DMs, and I'll decide if you're worthy. No, I'm kidding. We'll get you. <laughs> so, it'll be all good. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for joining, Marty. Yeah, thanks again. Appreciate, Appreciate it. It was fun. Ben, fun as always. Enjoy your family. Tell everybody I said hi. Will and, do. Uh, for everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining in this evening, and we will chat with you guys soon.